All right, and we're live. We need to have like a cool intro. Well, I mean, we're not live. We, you're, we record it, and then <laughs> I meant like the button is live. Like, and we are hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, episode one yeah. of our podcast. So today, I was thinking that we could just talk about, I guess, the history of our property, just kind of about us and the property and what we're doing for anyone who doesn't know about us or doesn't follow us on Instagram. Well, I mean, we don't really know what we're doing sometimes, so... That is a fact. I guess it'll just be like what we're trying to do. Right, and what we've done and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... Do you want to start it? How, what do you yeah, want to, well, I wanted to go way back. Way back. Way back to the very beginning of when we were looking for a property. What were we looking for? Which we were young way back then, well, six I don't years think, ago. I don't think that when we were originally looking for a property, it, we weren't really looking for... I mean, we were looking for like the giant homestead experience. We weren't right. looking... I, I didn't think that we were going to get into livestock. I, like, I never you thought we had You didn't a, think we would? No, really? not like a cow and things like that. Really? I, right, yeah. I mean, I thought that we were going to buy a nice house out in the country. <laughs> <laughs> out in the country with some land, a decent amount of land. And I wanted most of it uh, to be wood, wooden because... For those of your listeners that don't know, I spend probably the majority of my free time in the winter months hunting. Mm -hmm. And that was really important to me to know that I could go into my our, you know, backyard or wherever, <laughs> side yard, and go hunt. And, you know, when we found this property, it had the fields. And, you know, it was in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe we could start doing something like that. But the first, like, year, maybe even the first two years, like, that wasn't really something that we were, like, seriously getting in on. If you remember, and I know I'm kind of probably skipping forward a little bit, but if you remember, like, we essentially finished the front part of our, what ends up being our pasture. We essentially finished that, like, a day before I went out and got sheep. Yes. So it's not like <laughs> we didn't plan it out as well as we could. And that's typical. That's that's how I roll. Well, that's Nate fashion. I, I'm i actually really shocked that you said that because I always planned on us having animals. I planned on us having pigs. I, maybe we didn't communicate that well to each other. I know we discussed pigs because we thought that pigs was going to be the first thing that we did. Yeah. And we had this whole, originally, if you remember, we had the, the whole grand scheme of that. We were going to grow a bunch of feed corn. Oh, yeah. In the back of the property and, and dry it and store it. Mm -hmm. And we would be able to run the pigs. And then we, we just kind of got turned off by that. And we still don't have pigs. Yeah. And, and we don't really... Probably, wait, wait. I don't know. I, I mean, Probably it'd be not. cool, but just uh, you one day, one day mm -hmm. for sure. But I mean, right yeah. now it's just so much easier. There's so many connections around here where we just when we want when we want a pig, and we didn't get a pig this year. We didn't go, you know, pick one up and butcher it. But last year we wanted one, and we went and butchered one. We picked one out, and the guy literally shot it right in front of us and put it in the back of the truck and 
we brought it here and put it in the freezer after we butchered it. Right. Well, maybe that's a great segue to get back to what we were originally talking about of kind of where we live now. Um, so we live in the absolute middle of nowhere. Like, like think of the middle I mean, of nowhere and go past that. No, it's not the middle <laughs> of nowhere. So. There's at least a landmark that you can tell people and most people will know. I mean, we're near the Dismal Swamp. Don't t- I'm going to cut that out. Why are you I don't want people to know where we are. I, I, I mean, I guess the Swamp is, is one of the biggest national. I mean, it's probably the biggest national swamp anywhere, anywhere other yeah. than the Everglades. I mean, uh, yeah. OK, well, yeah, we live around there. Um, we and live in bear country. A lot of bears. <laughs> Um, but everyone raises animals around here. Like everyone pretty much, like literally everyone has chickens. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, we have some friends who have a farm as well and they get a really good price for their eggs. And it's, you literally can't get, (laughs) you can only get like $2 a dozen here, maybe. If you're lucky. People literally give them away for free. Like we have a community Facebook group where pretty much literally everyone in the county, not just the city, in the county are a part of it. And people all the time are like, I have two dozen chicken eggs. Come and get them. Yeah. And they want like a dollar or two dollars. No, they want them for free. That one like a week or two ago, it was three dozen for free. No, it was three dozen for like five dollars. We're thinking of two is, different. You know, it's probably multiple posts. Yeah. Anyway, and it's, eggs. the point that I was trying to make is ev- like everyone raises animals. Everyone kind of has a homestead situation. It's like going back in time 80 years for real out here. So whenever, even though we don't want to raise a pig right now, a dude down the street does. <laughs> so we can just like and we get a good price on it yeah to be honest Mm -hmm. i mean a really good price which one of the reasons why i didn't care to go through the hassle of raising one yeah exactly so that kind of sets the stage we are on i guess you'd consider it coastal carolina eastern north carolina northeast north carolina you and given all these details i mean i guess if you know we live around the great dismal swamp you know that area yeah um and our property now it's what six acres yeah yeah it's like six or seven acres yeah around there we don't even know and it's in the shape of like a rectangle like a long rectangle where our house is like a little bit toward the front like middle front the whole front half is like pasture grass and the back three acres are woods, which connects to a bigger wooded area. So my husband can hunt back there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do have a back pasture. I mean, it's right. I guess it didn't extend probably, that very well. bigger than the front pasture, too, to be honest. It widens out as it goes back. And then we have woods and the woods back up to it used to just be a giant block of woods. But they a timber company owned like in the middle and they, and they timbered it. It's been a clear cut. We're going on like year three or four, the clear cut. And then there's woods on the backside of it and the deer push through all back in there. And, and there's a couple bear back there too. And some turkeys. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, you know, we, we, we've been lucky um, with as far as like meat goes on our farm between the sheep and, 
the cows and we haven't even gotten there yet. Oh yeah, I know, but <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you stick like, to we, my outline. <laughs> you know, it, it lets it lets well one day us right now mm-hmm. just me, but it lets us strategically mm-hmm. hunt behind the house and and we I pass on a lot of deer back there and mm. so. Right. So I guess then we can start our journey of the livestock. Like you mentioned, it took about two years, I think, for us to start getting into it, which I had always planned on getting animals like that. Um, But what made you take the jump? Like, why did you start looking on Craigslist? (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that, you know, it, it so so for me. I really think that my passion for uh, butchery kind of drove it a little bit. And I like to eat food mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot and I like good food. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I pride myself on on my butchery um, skills and my culinary skills. I really like to cook. Um, Did you feel comfortable in but I mean, I know you butcher deer, but yeah. before you got into sheep, did you feel that comfortable with butchering? Yeah, I mean, I certainly with deer and bear and turkeys, I mean, more so deer and bear. Um, I was very comfortable with it. And I, you know, used to do all kinds of different things from trying to do different cuts and trying to make traditional beef cuts out of deer to all the way to making sausages and and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I was very comfortable with it. And. For me, like I love lamb. Um, I I love euro like to meat. Eat it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love euro meat or gyro meat, as people call it. <laughs> but I I worked in a Greek restaurant for a little bit, and we called it euro meat. Um, so I really like lamb a lot to eat, and it's one of my favorite things to cook and different ways to cook it. And it just it's they seemed like they're very uh closely related as far as the body structure goes to deer mm-hmm. so i wasn't intimidated at all by heading in that route first and i i found a pretty good deal um on craigslist and i talked to the lady and and she was you know seem they seemed like they had raised sheep for a while and we got a it was a good price point for me and i went ahead and pulled the trigger and we had when we bought it, it came they came with two males uh, and everybody was unrelated. So we knew we could have no issues breeding with them. And but by by having it with two males, we knew that one male was going to be on the block in the first year. Mm-hmm. And that was really going to let us see what it was like raising a lamb from pretty much just off the mom. You don't got to bottle feed them anymore. They're ready to go. We had grass. And to see how that first year experience would go. And if we could go back in time and do it again, I think the only different thing that I would do is I would have been more patient and waiting to butcher that lamb. But if we did it for my birthday, mm-hmm. which is the end of September, which is about the time they should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they, he was a little bit smaller than what we would have, you know, really like. I mean, he, he was bigger than the other ones, but. You know, we're trying to keep a couple for the spring right now, and they are just trying our <laughs> patience right now. Just like last podcast, I come home tonight from the hunt club, and I'm immediately running sheep down in the dark again to get them back in. So, uh, yeah, and I liked the idea of sheep, which I guess we didn't mention, but we do hair sheep. 
So in the sheep world, there are wool sheep, which is probably what you imagine, and they grow wool, and you have to shear them. And then there's hair sheep, and they blow their coat out like a um, twice a year. Yep, like a husky or a German shepherd. Um, It literally just like falls out in puffs. Well, it's supposed to. It's supposed to, not all the time, but so you do not have to shear them. You don't have to worry about it at all. It's fantastic. Yeah, and we've had some issues with. Uh, I think only three sheep that we've had to get a hold of and our dorpers. We, we like Katahdin's, but we, we've been experimenting with dorpers of two different breeds of hair sheep. And uh, it seems like our male right now, Jack, like he's pretty raggedy looking right now. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like- I don't know. I'm not really worrying about it until the spring and see if yeah. it blows out. Just like we with Blacktop, which is our dorper, one mm-hmm. of our dorpers. We actually got rid of one of our dorpers. Mm-hmm. So we're down to one dorper right now. <laughs> and she is going to give birth any day. We're just waiting. Yeah, she's super big. And yeah, she's milking and. But, well, it's not all the way in yet. Uh, you know, I was talking to some people and reading some stuff about that. So it, she's pretty close, but mm-hmm. probably another week or so. Maybe longer than that. We'll see. I don't we'll know. See. Well, actually, she gave birth a year Christmas ago today. Eve. No, she gave. Oh, Rio. Rio did. Yeah, Rio was Christmas Eve. And then and was... everyone gave birth on holidays last year. One of them gave birth on Christmas Eve. One of, And then this girl that we're talking about gave birth on the day before New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then one gave birth on Easter. She's just waddling around yeah. right now. <laughs> and the worst so part is, is she is she's with the what we call the Troublemaker Gang. Mm-hmm. She hangs out with the Troublemaker Gang right now who are all on my... on the, They're on the chopping block at this point. <laughs> I mean, it, it's at the point where I'm just willing to bite the bullet and we'll get rid of all the Troublemakers that all hit the butcher block and we'll just buy a new ram at some point this year yeah so we started off with what five five sheep five sheep and one went we, to the, we butchered one the first year mm-hmm. so we were at four going into breeding season mm-hmm. then we bred all of them gave us one one what a bunch of bums they were babies. Yeah. <laughs> it was their first year that's always happened i mean but much. but good sheep breeders are getting some twins mixed in there in their first year. What do you mean, sheep breeder? We have no control over how many babies they have. Yeah, it, you, you mean you do actually? What? Yeah, no, if you, you can, don't. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, you do. You can wait to breed them a little bit longer, like a couple months later. But instead, we just we kind of free range our sheep. Yeah. As far as leaving a ram in there with them, we have a ram in there 24 seven. And so whenever one is goes into cycle, that's when they, but you can wait a couple months and mm-hmm. you really increase your odds, which is something we might do or we might start to segregate our, what I'm starting to notice is we might need to segregate our yearlings, yearling females, at least for like half, maybe, maybe have two breed. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but I don't like right now the yearling ewes having babies yeah. early. Yeah, I don't either. Especially because they're so spaced out. I mean, we had, yeah. like you said, we had some born. Our first one was born on Christmas Eve last year, and our last one was born in Easter, which technically is this year. And Easter is the one who was born then. It's, her name is Easter, and mm-hmm. she is just so tiny right now. Yeah, she really But she doesn't. won't be ready to be bred. Probably until, I don't know, 
Stop with your hand. You keep making... This is a podcast. Look, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> okay, so we started with five, and now we have 11? 11 right now. Yep. 11, and we're about to go into lambing season, so... Yeah, but we also just butchered two and sold two. Right. Um, we... I want to keep our herd around this size. Like, I think I, I like this size. I think it's manageable because we have. This size would be great if they were 11 studs, but they're not 11 studs. They're, what do you mean by that? We have like, we're half and half. Like, half our flock is expendable because I don't really care too much for them. And half of our flock, I'm like, I watch like a hawk because they're awesome sheep. So what are you, are you saying that you want to downsize? No, I don't want it. Well, do I want to downsize? No, but I don't want bad genetics in there. I I, I want all of our sheep to be studs. Yeah, I do think we're at that point. So we can call whoever we don't like pretty much. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and we yeah. don't have to call them. I mean, you can sell them. You can call them. You yeah. Can, yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, good. That'll be the plan moving forward. And again, we have like three acres of pasture that they're on. So I feel like that's three or four around three to four acres. That's like two in the front on. and two in the back. Right. Yeah. But and they're all I locked that, up front right now. Right. And that's definitely more than enough for them. I just, we we like to keep it on the smaller Right. Side. But right now we don't have the cows. Right. Right. Okay, so we started with the sheep, and then very soon after that, just like, three, what, three months after that, we started with a bottle calf that we got from a... Did we get um, Skelly from a, a farm auction, right? No, I got him from Craigslist. Was did it, you? I thought it was the next year. No, was it? The same year? They were all babies together? Uh, well, I only remember yeah, I on the timeline right. of... Our son, because I went to Greenville, yeah, I had to go to Greenville and I for work, and I had to take cow. I had to take the baby. Yeah, and you were like, "Don't get a cow," and you came home and there was a cow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely was not funny at the time. I definitely recommend being on the same page as hilarious. your partner. Hilarious. <laughs> it was. I no. I mean, I'm so glad anyway, we got, we got the bottle calf. Overpaid form. Hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah. And he we bottle fed him and he it went pretty well. I mean I yeah, think with the went, two next ones went, it was harder. He went pretty well, I think. It was so long ago now. Yeah. I think we were underfeeding him at first. Yeah. It's always hard the first time that you have animals trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, it really is. Uh well, I mean it really is until they get on the grass. Yeah. As far as they go. Yeah. Like first lambing season. I think first lambing season went pretty good, right? Yeah, the first one went without a hitch. It was perfect. The last year was rough. Yeah, last year was rough. Last year was our hardest yeah. animal year for sure. Yep. Yep. It definitely was. Yeah. And then our second bottle calf. Oh man. You remember that? Like we were pretty mm -hmm. sure he was gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was really bad. He had scours really bad and I mean, yep. what did we what did we do to like he was just 
laying down all the time and well we oh i messed up i mean i messed up with him um we did the right thing as far as getting him goes we went to the auction um i scouted it out before they even hit the floor i picked the liveliest one the most active loudest one there was mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we had a lot of things going on in our life and I was, you know, up super early in the morning cause I have to be at work by six when I got an hour drive and then traffic when I get there. Um, I messed up when, and I ended up finding this out later. I was heating, I was using too hot of water for him and I didn't even realize how hot it was for like three or four days and i think that that really messed him up so he got he was really bad off and i couldn't figure out why he was having the scours so bad and what was going on with him and then when i did figure it out i mean he was hanging on by a thread and i was up making sure that i could get him the whole bottle um you know twice a day uh the right temperature and it was putting him through all kinds of scours treatments. And uh, I think, I think we were giving him maybe some antibiotics or just some kind of medic, a bunch of medication. And it was to the point where he wouldn't even stand up mm-hmm. and I would force him to get up and eat the bottle. And that would give him enough energy until I got back from work to get him back up again and give him another bottle. And he just slowly, but surely crawled his way out of that mm. that run and then he had a pretty good life yeah he was the most mischievous cow yeah he even <laughs> he was always getting out i mean there's a period Bad of time influence he for the for the other animals yeah yeah he it never it didn't get better <laughs> and we he just um butchered that cow we grow him for two years usually that's yep. kind of the time frame that we like we don't um, like to put them through a second winter. We didn't really want to put the first one through a second winter, but we made it like halfway through with him. Yeah. Just because we weren't ready. It was, we kind of did the opposite with both. Like the first cow that we had, we kept longer than we had wanted to. And the second cow, we kept shorter than we wanted to. And but I, both driving factors for both of them getting butchered when they were butchered was because they decided they had had enough of the pasture. Mm-hmm. And it was I, both of them, I think, ran to the road. And, and, you know, originally when they were getting out, they weren't going to the road. They were going to roaming the property and it mm-hmm. was no big deal. I mean, a little bit of a big deal, but no, nothing crazy. Yeah. But then it was uh, we can't get them back in. It's taking too long to get it back in. They don't respond. And now they're going out to the road. Right. And they and they aren't. It food motivated anymore because they're getting out to eat the fresh grass so yep. like it's hard to get them back in because they're like why would i go in when i have all this food out here yeah um, and we live on on the corner um so we do kind of have two roads a little bit adjacent to our house i mean we have a lot of property but it's like the end of the fence is like what 
eight feet from the road. Oh, no, there's a ditch, and they used yeah. to not cross it, but literally the sheep ran down the road tonight when I chased them back in. So. Did they? Yeah, they did. Oh, my Head, gosh. They ran animals. down the driveway and then hooked a right and headed to the orchard, but on the road. Oh, my gosh. That is... Oh, my gosh. That drives me crazy. It drives me crazy, too. Yeah. We... It's a lot of lamb chops running down the road. Oh, yeah. Six... Six of them. <laughs> we have an electric fence, like we mentioned, and it used to work great. The sheep were well trained to it. They totally respected it. We've never had issues until this year. And then the cows ruined it. Yeah, the cows. The cows taught them. Mm -hmm. And then we, we bought a new ram and brought them in, and the ram really learned from the cow. Yeah, there's a way, because I think there's only like three or four strands, depending on the area. And the sheep figured out that if they, like, if they jump through it, then it doesn't really hurt when they get shocked. Yeah, they, and, they, they play the odds game because yeah. sometimes they get tangled up in it and, and they literally, <laughs> they, they get the piss shocked out of them. But it rarely happens. So, the, you know, they're like, they play the game. They're like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. So... <laughs> We uh, we went around and we fenced off the entire front pasture. Um, and they're still finding a way to press up against it and get out. And I'm trying to figure it all out. But um, yeah, that we're going be... on vacation in like three weeks. And uh, if leading up to that, if they are still getting out, then we're just going to go ahead and butcher them. The ones that get out. Yeah, it's an ongoing saga. I cannot believe. I thought sheep were supposed to be, like, really they chill. Were, they were very chill until we brought in the new ram and the cow trained them. Mm. Yeah, it's turning into a very expensive and stressful situation. Yeah, it's to the point now we're just going to throw some extra sheep in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah, it's really getting that bad. It's not worth all this stress and endangering other people with them on the road and yeah well you know the katahdin one of the katahdin breeding pages that i'm in i mentioned this to my wife earlier and they talk about how if you have that one sheep who always gets out go ahead and cull it because the they're not going to stop escaping they're always going to try to escape their babies are going to get that trait and they're going to try to follow and they're going to try to escape so it's just better when you find your bad apples to just go ahead and pluck them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the story about our livestock, right? And I think... Uh, should we go into the third cow? Oh, I mean, I the third cow is really. the third cow. We try to get another bottle. But what we like to do is like to get one every year, and then that way they're spaced out by a year, and so you got one ready to butcher yeah. every year. Well, the third cow, which we named Ron. And, <laughs> that was such a cute name, and he was such a cute cow. And we named him Ron because we got him as the coronavirus yeah. started. <laughs> um, you know, I went and got him from um, a couple, and they... They, you know, they were talking about how he was already eating grass and grain, and he wouldn't really take a bottle. Pretty but sure he was he just, really young; like he shouldn't have been. Yeah, he already should doing not that. have been trying to eat grain. Um, and I tried to give him a bottle, and he just couldn't do it. And 
he probably just ended up starving to death. And oh, it, it wasn't. That sounds horrible. It does, but it wasn't for lack of effort. Like, yeah, they were. They put him up for. I was gonna say up for adoption. That sounds horrible. <laughs> no, they put him up for sale because they they said they couldn't handle it. It, it, it was it, more than they had expected. Yeah, but they also were like, hey, he's eating great with the goats and all this other stuff. And I was like, okay. And they're like, but I expected him to need bottles. And we had all the supplies. And right. I tried to give him a bottle twice every single day. And he was not about that life. Right. And so I just want to make it clear. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't our fault. Like he was, it was kind of a lost cause when we got him because they had really screwed him up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't put blame on us, and like I said, we sure tried everything. As he spiraled downhill, we you know we even tried to tube feed him and everything, yeah. and it was he uh, went out really quick. I I don't know. I it was pretty sure he was full Holstein, like not yeah. even mixed. Yeah. I guess we didn't mention that either. This is this is this podcast is terrible. Uh, well, Hopefully it'll can, go up from here. We're just kind of all <laughs> over the map right now. We can we can do different. I have an outline, and next time we will utilize my outline. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get. They say they're Holstein Angus mixes. Some of them are, yeah. um, and that's what we try to get because it's just us and our two year old and zero year old so we don't need like a huge cow right. it's the perfect situation we can get them really cheap at the auction that's why we went that route yep um but all that to say because ron died and then we had to kill banshee our second cow a little bit early and we give them just awesome names by yeah. the way <laughs> yeah we named why don't you tell them what our first cow was named Skelly. But that was a nickname. A Skeletor. Yes. Because <laughs> when I rode up to get this first cow, he was nothing but skin and bones. Yeah, we get some rescue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this this guy was barely feeding the cow. Mm -hmm. I, and I overpaid for the cow, but at that when I saw him at that point, I was like, I got to get this cow out of here. Like, this cow might not make it through the week. And I guess all that to say... We don't have a cow right now because of all those things, and we're not really sure what the plan is. We always do want to have cows, but right now with Corona, the farm auctions aren't going, and we don't really want to have a baby over the winter winter, and I don't even know if they would have any. Yeah, and I had talked to um, somebody who also has a homestead near us about seeing you you know do they sell cow like they raise some they raise a specific breed of cows and you know they they don't really sell calves but if they did they would be like six hundred dollars a calf and that's Ooh. like that's one thing that i've noticed doing my research that i run into a lot it's people want all this big money for these calves and if you like to raise the cows the way we do it's you really cut into your bottom dollar there yeah. for as far as how we do it and the and the money mm -hmm. we, we pay and now six hundred dollars would be no problem at all if we were breeding the cows but we don't mm -hmm. breed cows right. here because we don't feel comfortable with the infrastructure and mm -hmm. the land amount that we have to support that many cows. Right. 
The cow is almost just a bonus that goes along with our sheep that mm -hmm. we do. We can get them at auction pretty cheap. If they die, well, we're out less than a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Typically, like fifty-ish is about where you see a lot of them go for at auction, unless it's a light auction and there's only like one or two cows, mm -hmm. which I've seen. I, was, I saw like a Jersey go for Jersey calf male go for like 150 bucks and it's like i'm not paying 150 dollars for a jersey calf mm -hmm. like it's not happening yeah it it's so much less stress not having to breed the cow i that is something i don't i'd be, I'd be unless we it. had like 100 acres i'd something. be into it if we well 100 you don't need 100 acres but i'd be into it if we had more land yeah but we don't yeah right now definitely. We, we we don't and we can do sheep and i've you know, I feel pretty comfortable diving in there if there's a problem. Um, but, you know, hey, in order to breed these animals, you got to have a male that's intact. And I don't want to deal with a bull, especially mm -hmm. with little kids running around. Yeah. Don't want to yeah. deal with it. The rams. I mean, my wife saw me tonight, literally grabbed one of our <laughs> rams by the horns and drug them up to the to front door so that my kid could pet them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely love the sheep there. <laughs> one of well, I mean, not like we have a ton of animals, but I really love having them. The only other animal that we have are chickens, which that our chicken plan hopefully will be changing, oh, which will be a whole nother episode. We have a lot of chicken plans, <laughs> but we were very behind on the chicken train. We were totally pandemic chicken people. We had been on the fence about getting chickens for a while because we don't really eat that many eggs and there's so many people that sell them around here for super cheap. It was like, why even kind of bother? But yeah, as time went on, I just, I really wanted them. I felt like it wasn't a complete homestead without them. And I'm a total sucker for the rainbow eggs and all the different colors. So, and I like the white eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's Which, all about the production. If it wasn't for me getting our, <laughs> we only have two leghorns right yeah, now, but they, Carry the they are the ones that are giving us the eggs right now. That is true. I will definitely give you that. Yep. So when the pandemic hit and we had all this free time, <laughs> we were both off. It was great and fantastic for my birthday, which was in April. Uh, my husband built me a chicken coop. It's a fantastic chicken castle. I love it very much. And I, I went to Tractor Supply and got four of no eight of each four of each i got four orpingtons and four what were labeled as americanas but once i joined an americana group i quickly realized that they're actually easter eggers because all chains do that i guess i don't know it's complicated go <laughs> look on the internet the americana people are crazy but i include myself in that yeah and we can order chicks actually from the feed store guy, he actually takes like, like you let him know ahead of time and he puts in the order. But I'm sure you're at this point now, we're just going to. I know that would have been perfect last earlier in the year. Yeah, we I know. Were... It was after you'd already got yours. Yeah. And I saw him post about it. Oh, well, oh, well. Um, but anyway, we start off with four Orpingtons and four, I guess we can call them Easter Eggers. And they were straight runs, which is a terrible idea. I never get straight runs. Yeah. Um, got some meat out of it. Yep. And of course, in typical straight run fashion, um, out of each batch, out of the four, 
three were males and one was female. So after all that, we got two hens. Yeah. <laughs> for so much money and so much time and feed. And but I mean, we that was the first time that we ever had chickens, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and and we're gonna get incubators now mm-hmm. and we're gonna play some experiments because yeah. I want big blue eggs. And so I'm going to cross my leghorns with the fake Americanos and see what happens. Yeah. And kind of to fill in between those two points, um, once I realized that I only got two hens, I ordered more chickens. Yes, so now I I got very specific breeds and I'll make a whole podcast about that because I wanted the rainbow eggs. So I have dark brown, light brown, white and blue and green and all, all those. I'm really excited about that in the spring. We have 12 chickens now. We kept two roosters, but I really would like to get rid of our Easter Egger rooster and probably one of our Easter Eggers. We have three. I ended up getting three um, and trade them out for. You want to get rid of one of your Easter Eggers? Yeah, we probably don't need that many because I want a real Americana. I want like a real. You're not getting one. rid of dog bed. I know. I do like dog bed a lot. I don't know. I'll, I'll see. I'll see what they do. But we nah. want to get better breeding stock. Um, I wouldn't mind breeding them, but I really think it would probably be important to get NPIP certified, and I don't, that's not something we kind of want to do, so we might just Craigslist them. <laughs> you always take them to auction. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. I mean, I, I, uh, we can talk about it later, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out later, but we on got our some, list. I got some breeding plans that mm-hmm. I plan on doing, but. More infrastructure. We need more brooders, mm-hmm. and we need to figure out the meat chicken brooder situation. Yeah, because we are going to transition to meat chickens. Yes, too. yeah. So that's kind of like the background of all the chickens that we have, and now, or all the animals that we have. I meant, um, and just kind of what we're doing now. We still have the sheep. It's about to be lambing season. Don't know what we're going to do about the cow, and we're hoping to expand our chicken situation but we need we need more infrastructure Just a poultry situation yeah. in general like is our child old enough to raise our thanksgiving turkey yet yeah we really that's another thing we want to do we really want our three-year-old to i wanted to get pheasants earlier I don't want pheasants and my either. wife doesn't want pheasants. no i think that's but they, i think those are free i loaders. think that's because she's never ate a pheasant before so I don't I just don't think it would be worth it. Like I would be open to doing a couple chicken. I mean, a couple turkeys, but I feel like that would be turkeys. too because that would be even more infrastructure. Are for... you trying to are you calling me a bad turkey hunter right now? Is no, I thought we literally just said we wanted Troy to raise. Well, yeah, we want Troy turkeys. to raise our Thanksgiving turkey. But they're flock animals. You can't just get one turkey. They can mingle with the chickens. We have to get at least three turkeys if we're going to do them at all. At least three turkeys. All right, yeah. so we are going to be selling two turkeys. <laughs> I'm sure it will uh, be hard to Follow us on my wife's homestead page. <laughs> we'll give you a good price. <laughs> oh, man. So that is in the future. And then I guess what else do we have? We have gardens. We have a lot of gardens. Um, yeah, my garden looks like Jurassic Park right now, so yeah. I'm going to need to get in there. I know, like we mentioned in the last point. one, um, last year we really let the gardens go, but I have been gardening for 
a while. I mean, you know, of course, like a kid, you do like little garden stuff, nothing big. But I started gardening at our old house before we moved here. You did? You yeah, did. remember? Yeah, I know. I built you the Oh, I thought you were questioning it. I was yeah. like, you literally built me at my raised bed, one little raised bed, and it was perfect. Um, so the moles went through there. Didn't the moles go Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I first started gardening, I was really into like heirloom, organic, like all, like all the. You thought you were just going to smash it out of the park, get all your little Easter egg plants. Yeah. All the the cool colors, purple, everything. The coolest plants (laughs) Mm -hmm. ever. And now we're just like, please grow. Yeah. I mean, it really does change and like your philosophies change. And, you know, when I first started, I did all this research and read all these books about how important it is to get heirloom and, you know, save your seeds. And, you know, all these seed companies are evil. You should only buy from these ones. And I totally fed into all of that. Uh, But a lot of those are really hard to grow. Like a lot of the heirlooms are really (laughs) susceptible to diseases and pests and are really, really finicky. And that was okay when I first started, which it was hard because I was a new gardener and so I was bad at gardening in general, so it didn't really work that well anyway. And then even as the years went on, then I had kids. And so it's hard getting out there when you're pregnant. I have a whole YouTube series on pregnant and planting and it just does not work for a lot of reasons. And so now... You're right. It is like, okay, what the heck is going to grow? Our number one priority is feeding our family. And when I first started, it was being like sustainable and keeping my seeds and all that kind of crap. But now that's like bottom tier. I totally order from like Burpee and Johnny's now and I get hybrids. I don't think they're evil. I totally see the value in seed saving. And one day maybe I'll do all heirloom. But I mean... For our priority, which is feeding our family, getting these hybrid seeds that make really yummy disease and pest resistant like plants, I think, why not? Like, that's incredible. That's great. Yeah. But, you know, and a, a big thing for me is um, we need to find ways to and I mean, I think a lot of people should think about this. You need to find ways to grow your garden, grow, raise your livestock, raise your animals in a in a way that if you can't go to the store next mm-hmm. year and buy them, you could still grow them. Yeah. And we did that with potatoes this year. And yeah, our garden ended up going downhill, but it wasn't that part of things didn't fail. Mm-hmm. The fact that we used potatoes from last year to plant this year is not why it failed. Um and, you know, it's just a luxury that people have. And maybe they'll always have it. Who knows? But you want to, yeah, it's just more peace of mind to know that you could save your seeds that you get off of the plants that you grow mm-hmm. once. And you can s- kind of stockpile these mm-hmm. seeds and you could do it over and over and over again. And so when there is when there's not a Lowe's to go to or, mm-hmm. you know, when you don't have the money to go spend on all these plants that are already a month and a half old, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see a lot of people doing it 
and you know, I'm not not trying to step on toes or anything, but you see a lot of people they brag about their garden and they went and bought two month old plants at Lowe's and stuck them in a flower bed. And it's it's like if you couldn't go do that, could you still have, you know, produced a garden that, you know, that way? And it's takes a lot of experience and we need more experience because we are not the best at it. Not not anywhere near. But it, things that you don't even realize, like a frost date, a late frost mm-hmm. comes and just wipes your whole garden out. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and something to think about, you know, how many plants did you plant? And did you plan to maybe have a disaster like that happen? Mm-hmm. I, I consider that a disaster. Like, yeah. you work so hard, you mm-hmm. raise these seeds for months and then you plant them because the, the farmer's almanac looks like it's good. Everything looks good. And then just like last year, you get one night, mm-hmm. just one. And everything, everything can go. Literally everything, everything can, can go. go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> no, I really do love gardening. And I think you're right. Even hearing you talk about it, like, I think we both really do value being as self-sufficient as possible. And we, I, ha- I have a lot of goals. I love, I'm sure everyone can tell. My husband is the animal guy and I'm the garden girl. <laughs> And so I have so many goals and I do, you know, don't get me wrong, even though I do have a lot of hybrids right now in this year, I do save seeds like I have I do have heirlooms in the garden and we are pretty good. I mean, I'm fairly good at saving seeds and they are also a great gift to give out. I give seeds to people all the time that we grow here on the garden because you can get so many. You know what I mean? Like it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I do love that. So the, a lot of the easy ones I save and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And this year it, it's going to be our year. I talked about it last time, but I know it's going to be our year. It's, we just got to, I'm, I'm really excited. I've it's, already started. It's definitely going to be a year. I can tell <laughs> you that. It's going to be a, the best year ever. Right now. Well, I think we put a lot of content out for this one, right? It's pretty long already. This podcast. Are you done? <laughs> okay. I mean, it's pretty long already. Um, so I will leave you guys with one last thing, and then maybe my wife will leave you something too. I don't know what she's gonna do after this, mm-hmm. but so my little bit of advice, and I tell people this all the time that I hunt with, that I cook food with, um, you know, just the boys, um. If you want to get into the whole, if you really want to see what raising your own meat or processing your own meat is about, the easiest way I can tell you to do it is, and we can we can talk about this on another podcast and go into detail about it, go to your butcher, and I'm talking about go to a real butcher, don't go to Walmart or Food Line, go to a butcher and buy you a side of pork. Just pork belly, get you side of pork belly and make your own bacon. Oh, yeah. That's great. And then I can guarantee you, you will never buy store bought bacon again. It's life changing. It is, I call it meat candy. Mm -hmm. And the best part about it to me is I literally put three ingredients in it. And Mm -hmm. if you look at the back of a pack of Smithfield or whatever bacon, there's, what 30 40 things yeah, on the ingredient yeah. list mm-hmm. like 
no, you don't need all that. And if you want to see what it's the easiest way to see what it's like raising your own stuff and the and the taste difference, go to a real butcher and get you that side of pork and we'll talk about it. And maybe the next maybe we'll talk about the next podcast, you know, because we need to make some more bacon soon. So maybe I'll go get some and we can talk about it as if for my little meat portion. But uh, your meat portion. okay. Yeah, that that's <laughs> all you know. That's what I have to week. say about that. As as far as you you making food, and and if you know you can raise pigs and do it, or you know you probably have a farmer near you who has pigs, and you can go pick one out like we do, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's to me, it's just so much better to do it that way. And yeah. that bacon is just <laughs> off the chain. And that's a realistic <laughs> thing that most people can do. You know. But they wouldn't think that they could do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, exactly. People get intimidated too easily by some of these things. Yeah. And we can talk about all that, like pastrami. Making mm-hmm. pastrami, not as hard as you would think. Mm-hmm. And just, you can make it out of anything. We make we make deer pastrami, mm-hmm. and it is phenomenal. Yeah, but I think the bacon is a great place to start, because that oh, is easy. truly easy. Yeah, like, it's, it's easy really easy. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll never go back. I'm excited to get more. We've ran out, and it's tragic. Yeah, we had a couple more packs. I thought we ate them. No, we we literally have a pack right now in the fridge. That's right, I awesome. thought that was the last one. No, we got like four. Okay, well, that's cool. All right, well, I guess. What what little <laughs> advice are you going to leave them with? Or um, something that's easy and eye-opening and something that they can do easily? Well, I think my advice is just to allow grace for yourself if your farm philosophies change because i know a lot of our farm philosophies change you know you get these ideas when you are thinking about making a farm or a garden or a homestead or whatever about how you're gonna raise everything or grow everything and you know then you live and learn and you realize what it's really like and you know maybe it'll change and maybe it won't but i think people can get really stuck on that and waste a lot of time trying to do things that might not be what's realistic for them. So it's okay to change your mind. Yeah, it's definitely okay to change your mind. <laughs> we change our mind on the daily here. Yeah, we got that right. Um, okay, well, I guess that's it for number one. Is this one or one and a half? I made... Kind of like one and a half. Well, no, I, the last one is number zero. It okay. was just the trailer, kind of, kind of. It was the preview trailer. The pilot. Yeah, not. I mean, not really, kind of. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this is number one, according to the podcast. So, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll definitely be back. We'll be back. We'll see. See how With it a goes. more organized... <laughs> with a more ep- organized episode. Probably not. I kind of make her go off on a tangent. Anyway, <laughs> y'all just keep doing you out there. Later. <laughs> 